Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We are thrilled that you have joined us for this week's message. We are in a series, part four of a series out of the book of Acts. It's called 242 out of Acts 242. The scripture says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. And we are going to be talking today about the symptoms of people that are living out this verse. Again, we don't want to be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. So we are going to learn if we apply this verse, what will our life look like? Uh, Again, thank you to everyone that likes and subscribes, comments about this podcast. If you have yet to leave a comment or have it in a while, there on Apple, leave a comment about our podcast, uh, like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, it means the world to us. And also, if you are yet to join the habit of giving, to worship God with your giving, text right now, text Zoe to 77977. Text Zoe to that number, and we'll send you a link, and you begin your faith journey of giving an offering, giving tithes, or, you know, I always think just give something back to God, who, uh, who of course, has given us everything. But let's jump in to part four of 242. I'm going to jump into today's message. We are in the book of Acts chapter two. If you're new to our church, this is the fourth installment in a series that we are in called 242. Seven people. Let's try it again. We're in the fourth week of a series we are in called 240. There it is. And a lot of Spanish speakers. Dos. Okay. So We are in a fourth installment. We are talking, we are studying one verse as a community. The book of Acts, chapter number two, verse number 42. And I just want to remind you, I've been saying this in the intro of every message. This is not a verse to be observed. This is a scripture to be applied. And if you apply this verse, remember, everybody wants Bible times. Everybody's wondering, does the God stuff still happen today? Like, shut the mouth of lions, fiery furnace, Goliath, Red Sea. Is the same God still alive today? Listen, Bible times are just when people live according to the Bible. So we do not want to just look at stuff or hear stuff. The Bible did not call us to be hearers. It called us to be doers. In fact, you are not really a follower of Jesus if you hear the word. You're a follower of Jesus if you apply the word, obey the word, do what the word told you to do. In fact, God, God, for some of us in this room, God has been speaking to you about a verse, about a scripture, about a truth, and until you walk it out, you are disobeying what God has asked you to do. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to disobey God. I want to please God, not with just my songs, but with my obedience. So we are in Acts 2.42, and I actually want to teach you today what your life could potentially look like if you apply this verse. Like, what could you look like if you, sometimes on Instagram I see these people that are like doing a certain workout or a certain diet, and they show you the before and they show you the after. And they're like, if you live like this and you eat this way and work out like this, you could look like this. And I'm always like, wow. But I'm not going to do it, no. Like, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, 40, I'm 42 years old, I'm fine, I'm, I'm good, I'm straight. But when we look at Scripture, and we're like, wow, this is what my life could look like? Oh, give, give me some of that life. 
See, a lot of us are disappointed with life, frustrated with ourselves. How come life's not better than this? How come I'm not more fulfilled or more content or more connected? How come I, I thought life was going to be better than it actually is? A lot of times that discontentment is there because we have yet to apply what God told us to do. But I promise you, if you live in the Jesus way, that's when you tap into the abundant life. The Zoe life is not just in believing. The, 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 the abundant life is in obeying. Oh, somebody say amen to the second service. I had to suffer through the first one already. We're going to have fun at the second one. Okay. Acts 2, 42, watch what the scriptures say. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone at Zoe Church was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts and praising God. I'm going to teach about this at the very end. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to teach a message today, write down the title. It's called Symptoms of the Saved. Symptoms of, of the Saved. Notice I did not say symptoms of the believer. Symptoms of the saved, like you're actually following the God. You've actually died to yourself, picked up your cross, and you are now living the Acts 2.42 life. I want to show you some symptoms. How do we know if you're really a believer? How do we know that you're a follower of Jesus? It will not be by your hand raised. It will be by the lifestyle that you live. Jesus said, people will know that you're my follower by the way you love. Not by the way you vote. Not by the way you tweet. Not by the way you post. Not by the way you dress. By the way you love. And the living a life of following Jesus results in crazy changes to who you are. It's the symptoms that tell us. In fact, if you don't got the symptoms, I'm, I'm asking, do you really got the sickness? Like, school started back up, and we've got four nuggets. we got four children. We're about to be in the odds. We're about to go 11, 9, 7, 5. So we got four kids, one daughter, three boys. And now that school started, I got a bunch of actors in my house. And I didn't know what it was like, you know, until I'm a parent. I didn't see really what acting looked like. But remember when you were growing up, when you used to try to sell to your parents that you were sick and wanted to stay home? Remember just like that? <laughs> Like you walking like an old man. Oh, I don't feel good. My mom be like, what hurts, mijo? What hurts? Like, oh, my neck, my back. Like those are Friday lyrics from the movie, son. What hurts? Some of y'all laughed at that too hard. You some, that's why you in church, you sick, perverse generation. But my nine-year-old the other day, my nine-year-old, he's the kind of kid, like, he's up at 6 a.m., hair combed, bed made, brushes teeth. He's standing over my bed. Dad, it's time to get up. I'm like, oh, my, you are not okay. The other day, he slept in until 7.15. I was like, something is not right. Like, this kid does not sleep, let alone sleep in. 
7.15 in the morning, he's like, he's got scratchy throat and he's got a temperature, he's kind of hot, he's kind of lethargic. And it was like, he didn't even have to say anything. I'm like, you are staying home from school. He's like, oh, dad, but I want to go. I'm like, son, this has never happened between a parent and a son. I figured the one time it happened, I better take advantage. I'm like, you shall stay home from school, 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 school. Because he had all the symptoms that told me he had all the sickness. See, if you applied this scripture, you would develop symptoms that tell us you're a follower of Jesus. You're a follower of the way. I can tell that you've got what God's got. I can tell that you've surrendered your life. I can tell that you don't just believe this stuff. You live this stuff. Did you notice the symptoms? There were five symptoms. I'm going to teach you four. But there were five symptoms that told us when you apply this verse, Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, fellowship, and the prayer. When you start doing this stuff and living out the scripture, there's some things that will, will tell us that you're doing it. The first one, write down number one, is that you'll have awe and wonder and miracles in your life. I want to just ask you, where did your awe go? Who stole your awe? Because the Bible says we should have childlike faith, where we're in awe. You ever see a kid like, see, see the, like a great athlete, or see someone that's tall, or see something that's amazing, they're in awe. When did you lose your awe of God? Who stole your awe and replaced it with cynicism and jadedness and a critical spirit and an unbelieving heart? Oh, I don't know if signs and wonders are for day. I don't know about that prophet. I don't know about that apostle. I don't know about that thing. I don't know if God still does that. I want to tell you the same God of the Bible is the same God of 2022. The same God that's in Scripture is the same God that rules and reigns over Los Angeles and over your life today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Spanish, ayer, ahora, y siempre. Andale, pues. That was so much energy. See, the problem is, is that God cannot move in signs and wonders without awe. Great awe fell amongst them. There was an awe. There was a reverence. There was like an O-M-U. You are amazing. The heavens are your throne and the earth is the footstool and everything in the earth is the Lord's and you rule and reign and you told the sun to get up this morning and you are powerful and you are mighty and you are awesome and you are glorious and you are beautiful and I'm in awe of creation. I'm in awe. Come on, some of you lost your awe. You need to go to the beach. You need to go to the mountains. You need to get out and see creation and be in awe of who God is. God cannot work a miracle in your life until you're in awe of his power. When you're in awe of his power, you're like, oh, of course you can turn water into wine. Of course you can move a mountain. Of course you can heal sickness. Of course you can remove disease. Of course you can feed 5,000. Of course you can remove the blindness. Of course you can lift, lift somebody that doesn't know how to walk. You're the the God of Abraham. You're the God of Isaac. You're the God of Jacob. Where'd your awe go? Lego your awe. Did he say corny? Yeah, I drive a minivan, bro. You, you, You lost your awe. And awe 
was among them. There was a reverence. There was an awe. See, I think the problem for our culture is we are more in awe of cancel culture and failure and mistake. We're more in awe of what people have done. How dare he punch him? How dare that so-and-so wear that? How dare they say that? How dare they, oh, they cheated on, oh, we're in awe of failure. Why don't we become in awe of God? Are you in awe of sin? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm in awe of the cross today. I'm in awe of the blood today. I'm in awe of an unfailing love today. I'm in, I'm in awe of unconditional grace. I'm in awe that he called my name. I'm in awe that when I was dead, he made me alive. And when I was blind, he opened my eyes. And when I was lost, he found me. That's my awe. How about you? Stop looking at people to bring awe into your life. Start looking at Jesus to bring awe. And awe fell among them. And awe, there was an awe. There was a reverence. There was a holiness. There was a sense of the God stuff and many signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are a display that this is not a kingdom of words. This is a kingdom of power. This, our God did not come and talk his cheap. No, he cashed the check. He can do what he said he would do. He is who he says he is. He can do what he said he would do. And, 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 and this is the accompaniment. This is how God validated, he validated Jesus. Watch this in the scriptures. Watch, this is the same chapter here in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Look at just a few verses before. Paul says this, Peter says this to the Israelites. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. God validated his son through Jesus who performed signs and wonders. God validates you as you perform signs and wonders. Jesus takes 70 people and says, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to send you to Rancho Cucamonga. And I'm going to send you to, you to Palmdale. Like, that would be a tough assignment. I'm like, God, send me to Malibu. And he sends him out by two, and he goes, all my authority I give to you. Do you realize that when you follow Jesus, you have all of his authority? The same authority that Christ had now lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. You have the power to lay hands on somebody in the hospital, and they will be healed. You have the power to lay hands on somebody that's oppressed, and they will be delivered. You have the power to lay your hands on an addict, and they will be free. Somebody thank God today. I've got power flowing through my life. Where did the signs and the wonders go? We did the sign. We, we, don't, we don't have it because we don't have awe. Where's the awe? Where's the reverence? And great awe, fellow. How could you not get awe? You're reading your Bible. You're, you're encouraging your life with other believers. You're living a life of prayer. You're devoted. How could awe and wonder not fall on your life? How could miracles not transpire? Zoe, us buying a building in L.A. is a miracle. People are like, I don't know if God still does miracles today. Yeah, yeah, we bought a building and we still got a whole bunch of money in the bank to buy more buildings and property because of the stewardship and the generosity of a church. That is a miracle. See, a lot of us, we're looking, we're looking for evidence of his absence, but when you live the 242 life, you're looking for evidence of his presence. 
stop being so, so, so jaded, so critical. I don't know if God's still moving. I don't know if God can do that. I don't know if God can help them. I don't know if God will raise the dead. I don't know if God can help that sick person. I don't know if God is bigger than cancer. No, I know God is better. I know God is bigger. I know God can do it. I know that if God called me to it, he can see me through it because he is gracious, he is kind, and he is loving. Where did the awe go? I pray that you would awaken back to that childlike faith that if God said it, I believe it. If it's in the Bible, we can have it today. There's awe and there was wonder. Here's the second thing, is that they were together with great unity. They, 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 They just, they shared things in common. They found common ground. And I love this part of Acts 2.42 life because you don't follow Jesus and become a divisive person. You don't follow Jesus and get really gossipy and critical. You follow Jesus and you start building bridges instead of fences. You follow Jesus and you start getting people around your table that don't look like you, vote like you, talk like you, or act like you. Some of you are going to be disappointed when you get to heaven and you're like, dang, y'all got in. How did you get in here? I thought it was just for me and mine. No, see, when you follow Jesus, you find commonality. You, find, you got more things in common than you do in difference. You got to put your political agenda to the side. You got to put your voting thing to the side. You got to put your preference to the side. Find common ground. By the way, the only thing that can stop you is you. And the only thing that can stop us is us. The enemy's not afraid of a, of a big church. There's big churches all over the world. The enemy's afraid of a unified church. Because where there's unity, there's blessing. When there's unity, God can use it. Come on, anybody thankful today? I'm going to build a bridge. I'm going to find commonality. I'm going to help people. I'm going to find my common ground. How could you not? You're reading the Bible. You're in prayer. You're breaking bread. You're living the Acts 2.42 life. God's like, yes, I want you to, I want you to peace make. I want you to peace make. No, no, no. When you follow Jesus, you cannot be a gossip and follow Jesus. You cannot be racist and follow Jesus. You cannot hate humanity and follow Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you love what Jesus loves. Jesus loves peace. Jesus loves relationship. Jesus loves joy. Jesus lo- Come on, clap if you're excited. I feel like Acts 2.42 is going to run all over our church. So the problem is, is that we, we live in this culture. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so what you think? You are not a gangster. So what you, so what you think? What you think about it? To be honest, nobody cares what you think about it. I don't, hate, I don't want to burst your bubble, but it's like, it's not that important. I always think, what does Jesus think about it? How does Jesus see that situation? And how does Jesus see them? And how does Jesus see me? And they had a commonality. They had a, in other words, the worst type of Christianity, in my personal opinion, is self-righteousness. I'm better than them. I'm better than them. Why? Well, you know uh, apostles' teaching. You know I break bread. You know I pray. You know I'm in the temple. You know I'm better than them. You are a sinner. Saved by grace. You are no better than any person in this room. 
And we all have one thing in common. We need Jesus. We do not just want him. We need him. And so the reason why I'm reading my Bible and the reason why I'm praying and the reason why I'm breaking bread is I have an utter dependence upon that guy. And as I'm doing these things, he makes me united with others. Do not be a divisive person. If you're the drama person in your family, knock it off. Save the drama for your mama. Don't, you need to knock it off. You start representing Jesus with peace and love and grace. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Proverbs, it says a soft answer turns away wrath. Some of you, the reason why you got so much wrath in your life is you're like, oh! Let's go! What those looking for? Air, Holmes. It's like, no, slow your roll. You're a Jesus follower. You did not, you did not get called by God to fight. Fight for the kingdom of God. Fight for the lost. Fight for the good news to get preached. Fight for the church to get built. But you got to fight the good fight, not the wrong fight. Your fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of this dark world. And I love that. He's like, yeah, you know, there's a commonality. There's a unity. There's, by the way, division is anybody that's trying to go in a different direction and recruiting people that way. No, no, don't be a divisive person. Get, get involved in the we thing, not the me thing. That's how you know you've got the commonality. Here's the third thing. Write this down. You're looking to help those in need. This became the mark of the Acts 2.42 life is that you are no longer looking to meet your own needs or what you can get or how you can look better or how you can get praised or how you can get blessed. But one of the things that Jesus always does is he bends the arrow of our heart outwards. So you think about uh, how can I be a blessing? How can I add value? How can I be a strength? How can I be an encouragement? How can I be a light? How can I be a comfort? How can I be a witness? Instead of looking for every Everything to be about you. God says, no, it's always about others. Just as I did not come to be served and I came to serve, now I want you to serve. Now I want you to love. Now I want you to give. It's always more blessed to give. So one of the things that tells us that you're living the Acts 2.42 life is you're like, um, yeah, there's a need and I'm not waiting for Zoe Cares to meet it. I'm going to meet the need. I'm sending the Venmo. I'm helping pick you up from the airport. I'm, you, you do what? Yeah, let's lay hands. Uh, friends, they root for the Clippers. Lord, we just thank you right now in Jesus' name. Deliver that spirit right now. She came in a Mazda, left in a Honda in Jesus' name. See, I think, I think the reason why so many people are so unfulfilled and discontent and angry and disappointed is because you're looking to meet your needs. But the Bible teaches us opposite. Those who refresh others, will they themselves be refreshed? You want to get filled up? You want to be satisfied? You want to live content? Give your life away. Jesus said, you're not really living until you start to die. When you die, you live in this kingdom. And when you die and you lay down your life, then you'll truly live because you'll live the Acts 2.42 life and you'll live to meet the needs of others. One of my favorite stories, let me read it to you and I'll tell it to you. Look at Matthew 25, watch this. It says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry? And when did we ever feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? 
When do we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And then the king will reply, truly I tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus says, when you meet the need of those that are in prison and those that don't have clothes and those that don't have water and you meet the need of those that are lonely, you meet my need. And when you take care of my kids, I'll take care of you. I wish that we would be a people that are stopped so self-consumed. The, the, the most of us, our biggest problem is that we're in our own head. We're thinking about us all the time. What do I need? How do I come across? What do people think about me? When am I going to have good friends? Listen, if you want friends, be a friend. It always starts with what, listen, you cannot reap what you do not sow. And I just love that this Acts church is going like, I know, what, I know what will happen. We'll read our Bibles, we'll pray, we'll get together, we'll be house to house, and we'll follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, he will make us more like him. And Jesus came to serve and to give and to love. Amen. Worship team, come join me. Here's the last one. Write down number four. Is that you, This is a symptom of the save. This is a symptom of Acts 2.42 is that praise and favor are a part of your life. Praise and favor become evident and obvious in your life. I want to start with that first one because I love to worship. Anybody love worship in church? Anybody love worship music? Nothing like Praise. Today, I sent a friend of mine a link to the song I'm addicted to right now. And I said, this is the song I got on repeat today. And I'm hoping this friend of ours gets blessed and ministered to by this song the way that I am. I love worship. I love praise. They were meeting together in houses and they were breaking bread and they were reading the Bible they were devoted, they were devoted continually. And out of that, awe and wonder fell over them and miracles, signs, wonders, unity. They were meeting each other's needs. Hey, hey, I'll get the Uber. You good, you good. You know you got a good friend when they're like, no, no, I'll order it. If your friends don't order you Ubers, you have bad friends. And if they order you the cheapest one every time, at least get a minivan. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name. I don't need, you know, like, I just need an XL sometimes. And they, and they got things in common. And they're like, put aside our differences. I know you, I know you, I know you're from that area of the country. I know you probably were raised that way. But it don't matter. I know Jesus is, is working on me like he's working on you. And we got things in common. And I love you. You love me. We love Jesus. It's all good. And, and, and they, they're meeting each other's needs. And, and did you notice the result, the end symptom, the last symptom? This is how you know. This is how you know you're following Jesus. Is, is these two things that I think would take you to another level in your walk with Jesus. And that's praise and favor. They were praising. Jesus is so worthy of our praise that he says, if you don't praise me, the rocks will. He is so worthy of your worship. And by the way, God is not worthy of your alligator arms. This is what you're worth, Jesus. And maybe I'll throw Frisbees. He's worthy of your best praise. He's worthy of your best praise. 
That's why God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He's worthy of our best sacrifice. God is not worthy of what is third in your life or fifth. He's worthy of your very best. How could I not praise you? How could I remain silent? There's no way I'm going to let a rock cry out for me. Are you kidding me? With all this awe and all this wonder and all this unity and all this blessing and all that I'm learning in the Bible and all this prayer time and all this breaking bread and all this community and all that you're doing, I can't stay silent. I've got to worship God. Oh, I love this verse. Look at Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortune of Zion's, we were like those who dreamed again. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we were filled with joy. You know, when you're discontent and you're upset, you got your hands in your pockets and you're mad at God. But when you got a view of the cross and you can see his grace and you can see how good he is, you get your hands real high and you get your voice real loud and you say, I ain't going to let a rock cry out in my place. I'm praising God in the morning. I'm praising God in the afternoon. I'm praising God in the night. I'm praising God throughout the watches of the night. I can't get it. It's not worship music for me. It's not a genre. It's not a category on Spotify. It's my spirit. My spirit's got to worship. My spirit's got to lift his name. I love the Lord. See, when you get caught up in this life, there's a story in the Old Testament about this guy, and he's worshiping God crazy one time. And this girl catches him in the window, and she's like, oh my gosh, Christians are crazy. You must be a Pentecostal. You're weird. You're funky. Where's the flags? Where's the tambourines? Oh my gosh, you're a weirdo. And the guy looks at the girl, he's like, hey. You think this is crazy? Somebody get the Hammond organ. I haven't started yet. He turned up some Tiesto praise or some stuff. He's just like. Again, again, this is, you can't turn praise on and turn it off. It's. It's the Acts 2.42 life. It's the awe. It's the wonders. It's the signs. It's the unity. It's just like, man, he turned my morning into dancing. I'm telling you, those that sow in tears, he'll read with songs of joy. I'm telling you, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. And I'm praising God because God has been good and God has been faithful and God has been merciful. And I got what I didn't deserve. And he showed up in my midnight hour. And I didn't know that God loved me so much and the fact that he's here oh come on Zoe give him a praise right now if you're grateful for his love hallelujah just just sit down real fast there's one more thing I want to tell you I was looking for the team they, are they up here the singers aren't up here my bad my bad I got excited I was about to sing myself I was like nope just sit down He's the last thing. He's the last thing. Praise, praise. I'm, I'm so glad they're not here because I want to teach you this. Praise, 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 and favor. Some of you need to understand that the doors that are opening for you are not because of you. It's a supernatural favor that is on your life. 
the definition of grace is undeserved blessing and unmerited favor. You cannot deserve favor. You cannot earn favor. Favor is from God. By the way, let's just go Bible. Luke 2.52, put on the screen. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. I pray over you that you grow in wisdom and I pray you grow in favor. I pray you wake up tomorrow morning and say, Lord, give me favor for my appointments. Give me favor for my business. Give me favor for where I go. Give me favor to do your bidding. Give me favor to open up a door that no man has opened up yet. See, 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 you need to understand that like Joseph in the Bible, so watch this. If Jesus had favor with God and man, you too can have favor with God and with man. And Joseph in the Bible, if you don't know anything about the Bible, there's this guy named Joseph. He's got favor in his own home, which is a whole different thing. Some of you are, the the most opposition you face in your life is in your own home. Joseph did. And Joseph was hated amongst his siblings. And he had, because he had favor. Favor is not fair. Favor is bigger than getting a parking spot at the Westfield Mall. Favor is people like you and they don't know why. Favor is people hire you and they're like, you're not the best candidate. But there's favor. There's favor. You don't have favor on you for you. You have favor on you for God. It's bigger than you. The clap was way too slow because some of you are like, dang it. I was hoping, see what had happened was, hold on, you have favor, you have favor. They, 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 they think they can, can't, you can't cancel favor. You can't cancel favor. They, they got, he, they, Joseph's got favor and his brother's like, we'll cancel it. We'll throw him in the pit. The favor's still there. He goes to Potiphar's house. The favor's still there. He goes into prison. The favor's still there. He goes into Pharaoh's courts. The favor's still there. No man can undo what God has put in you and what God has put on you because God's movement is an unstoppable force. You can stand now. Anybody thankful today that God is for me? God is with me? me. Give him a praise today if you're grateful for Jesus. So God, I pray. I pray over our friends.